Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. OCRFM wish to advise the following program may contain information and subjects that could be deemed controversial in nature. The aim of the show is to provide an opportunity for listeners to discuss issues in a non-confrontational, fact-based manner. Should you wish to join the conversation, please feel free to phone the station on 5232191. You're listening to From Paddocks to Pride on OCRFM with myself, Sarah. This segment aims to help provide a voice for the LGBTIQ plus community, or as I like to call it, the umbrella. Our aim is to ensure the community is supported and to reinforce that you should feel accepted as you are in the town you grew up in. While my views are not representative of the whole community, extensive research has been done to aim to be inclusive to everybody and spread awareness and progress people's viewpoints. News in our community. So our stories lately haven't been too positive. So I've found a positive story um, looking online. So Denmark has um, Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars seems to be a show that's on everywhere. (laughs) And it's actually been there for 16 years. Okay, wow. Didn't realise that. Anyway, (laughs) um, there's actually a same-sex couple on there. So two men have entered the competition and they're actually dominating in Denmark in that competition. So it's a gay actor and comedian, Jacob Furby, um, teaming up with dancer Silas Hollist. Sorry if I've said them wrong. They have actually been quite successful. So they've scored the highest in four of the eight episodes so far. And they're considered the odds-on favourites to win the whole competition. So they're actually quite happy to be a part of, well, honoured, sorry, to be a part of history making. And I just think it's a really wholesome story. I would like to point out, though, they're not actually a couple. So one of them does have a husband. So he's committed to that person. But, yeah, I just... Thought was a wholesome story to share. So we'll be back after this. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? You're listening to From Paddocks to Pride on OCRFM with myself, Sarah, and guest presenter this week, Amiel. So Amiel's a proud queer or gay, trans masculine and genderqueer human who uses he, he, him or they, them pronouns. So he's volunteered in the community most of their life and has more recently concentrated on volunteering in the LGBTIQ plus community. He now works in community services as a community engagement worker, facilitator and peer working for Wellways Australia. So thank you for coming on. Hi Sarah, thanks for having me and hi listeners. So tonight we're talking about mental health. Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about how your work at Wellways 
is relevant to mental health. Relevant in many ways. Wellways is an organisation that's all about mental health and uh, disability. Um, so everything we do really is centred around, um, you know, assisting people to get where they want to be with their mental health. So first I should probably actually mention and, sorry, define mental health. So mental health, we generally think of depression, anxiety disorders, including schizophrenia. However, mental health is a state of well-being in which every individual realises his or her own potential, can cope with normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to her or his community or their community. alter that (laughs) so what are some of the most common mental health issues in the community um well we definitely see a lot of uh, depression and anxiety um i'd probably say they are the most common we probably all know a lot more about depression and anxiety than we realized you want me to talk about what how they might sort of present of course um, so depression, you know, is often a condition that can be described as uh, something that can make people feel sad or low um, or just like that feeling of being stuck in a black hole that might be really hard to get out of. Um, sometimes people can say depression can feel like nothing as well, like a numbness. And um, I think those feelings can often lead to feeling withdrawn um, and disconnected from the community. Um, there's lots of ways to treat depression and talking about things can be a great way to help too. Um, when it comes to anxiety, uh, anxiety uh, is something that I experience myself so I can talk about that from a personal point as well but it can cause people to feel worried, um, really stressed, uh, kind of like a constant feeling of heightened awareness and it can actually be really, really scary. Um, I've heard people sort of say that it feels like they're they're actually going to die or have a heart attack, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Everyone experiences anxiety and depression differently um, and treatments for both uh, really, you know, can be really individual. Yeah, I think that that's really important that you've said that it is an individual thing because I think sometimes people forget, oh, well, that person, they don't have trouble getting out of bed. Are they really depressed? That sort of thing. And it looks different in everybody. And it's important to remember as well when we say it looks different, it also means that what works for one person isn't going to work for another. So when it comes to treatment and that sort of thing, that's a personal thing as well. It's an individual thing. Mm, definitely. Um, everyone experiences them differently, as you said. And everyone you know knows how to take care of themselves the best you know we're all our own expert you know yeah definitely so like for instance I find gardening quite therapeutic I find exercising really helps but for another person that might not be the case that might make them more anxious Mm, no exactly I think music you know considering we're on a radio show music um (laughs) is a real healer for me. Uh, Sometimes I like listening to a bit of death metal, for example, but that's going to put someone into, you know, possibly into a real feeling of anxiety. And I've had that experience with a lot of friends that are just like, can you turn this off, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's understandable. Like I have a lot of, I like listening to a lot of rap music and that is not everyone's cup of tea. Definitely, yeah. (laughs) So I can totally understand where you're coming from with that. So... We have these mental health issues and they are quite high 
under the umbrella, so in the LGBTIQ plus community, would you be able to go through some reasons why they're high? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the reasons why is, you know, we talk about society in general and history and how it's uh, historically not really been that okay to be um, sexually or gender diverse. Um, So... You know, people could be struggling with their sexual or gender identity, um, the stresses of coming out and the implications of coming out, you know, sort of things like losing family, uh, losing relationships, losing jobs. Um, I think I also want to pop in there because it often just sounds really dark um, that when we do come out, we often have opportunity to actually gain new family and find new friends and and create a chosen family. but other issues can be things like um, not feeling accepted in the broader community um, and even within the queer community, actually. Sometimes people might have been out as uh, queer, uh, but then they might want to come out as trans. And I think sometimes there's another level of acceptance within the queer community itself that can make you feel quite, you know, outside. Um, and then, you know, there's all of these things, reasons why, you know, social disconnection, stigma, discrimination, um, they're all going to make us feel uh, pretty bad, you know, and yeah. make you feel like maybe you don't want to come out. And, and, yeah, there's lots of reasons why we might be experiencing it. Yeah, yeah of course. I think it's really great how you've mentioned how you can find a second family because I know since coming out of change my friendship groups greatly um so i've found um it's brought me closer to some people that i so i reconnected with some people other people i've had to move away from because i realized that they weren't so accepting Mm. um i realized that there are a lot of new people for me to meet that are great and it's i guess Sometimes it feels like I've found a second family, I guess. Um, So there are really good opportunities when you come out. But, yeah, sometimes you do need to reflect, I guess, and decide whether... Because sometimes you can be friends for someone for years, but then it turns out, yeah, they try and be accepting, but they still come out with casual homophobia and stuff like that. And it's okay to step back and go, look, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things um, is this sort of thousand cups idea. Um, Mm. This idea of microaggressions. Um, You know, you hear little things on TV, um, on radio programs, on, you know, in magazines, um, and you hear these things come out of people's mouths, these little microaggressions that uh, you might not realise are actually affecting you, but when you add them all up, Mm. you know, and you're hearing it for years over your lifetime, it can really add up to feeling a little bit cruddy about yourself and your identity. And yeah, it's uh, those thousand cuts, that's, I I think that's a really strong point. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. definitely. So... I know I sort of touched on it before, how we're all individuals um, and some people, I guess, are more open and able to express themselves and everything. I know one issue that some people have is accessing healthcare Mm. that's right for them. Yeah. Do you think that that's another... 
Definitely. Um, when I was actually getting a bit prepared for this interview, yeah. I was having a look at some stats and um, I was a little bit shocked to find that on the uh, Black Dog Institute uh, website, uh, it says that 54% of people with mental health conditions don't actually access treatment services. Mm. Um, and considering the area that I work in, I just found that quite astounding, but it also makes sense. Um, it's a bit saddening. Um, but I think there's so many reasons why people might not access these treatment services or any kind of services. And again, that's all coming back to the, that stigma, that discrimination, that feeling of um, not being respected if you go and try and seek help, of actually having to be that vulnerable and be honest about what it is that you're struggling with. Mm. Um, there's just so many, so many reasons why we might not be able to do it. And I really have to point out that for the trans community, trans and gender diverse community, um, that there's just a whole nother level uh, of feeling unsafe. Um, and we have massive issues, um, I know in the Geelong and G21 area about um, accessing GPs that actually wanna provide that sort of service mm. um, with with hormone treatments and that sort of thing. And, and psychologists that are actually gonna be understanding and, and caring and mm. yeah. Yeah, we need we need a few more medical professionals stepping up to the plate, I think, yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did read somewhere that that is a huge issue, the fact that a lot of the um, GPs and stuff are actually in Melbourne and that sort of thing. And I guess we are getting better, but we've still got strides to go. So, mm. like, I know when I visited my mum in Tarang, like, there's posters and everything at one of the doctor's clinics there which is great there's also I know we had last week we had Kaz from Colac Area Health on the show and she was talking about um, some of the doctors that are there that can provide services and are quite open to Mm. talk to which is great because yeah we're we're getting there. We're definitely moving <laughs> forward. Um, you know, there there are success stories everywhere. Um, I attend a trans community of practice in Geelong, um, and the last meeting we had about ten GPs um, that were there because they want to be able to provide um, better trans and gender diverse uh, specific sort of services, and that blew my mind actually that we had that many that were willing and ready to sort of join in and assist. It's great. Yeah, of course. Mm. And, yeah, so we're finding as well that there's more visibility, I guess, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, visibility, I think, is one of those things that makes huge changes. As soon as people stop getting scared of the unknown, Mm -hmm. then they can kind of slowly drop some of that stigma, you know? Yeah, Mm. of course. So we've talked a little bit about so why they're so high in the community i think it's really important to mention the implications of poor mental health so do you want to go a little bit into that because i know we've talked about it a bit but you Mm. might be able to give a bit more perspective well i think that's you know what we see the implications are not being included in in community and and being withdrawn you know i mean I, i talk from a lived experience point uh, when I'm not feeling well I withdraw from community Um, I stop accessing um, help you know and services and stuff so I feel like one of the main things is that we withdraw from community and then we're not getting um, the connections and and you know friendships just 
all the things that can make you feel like you really belong somewhere just sort of exit your life um so there's many ways that many implications you know people lose jobs people lose family people lose connections people lose um family um and relationships it's sort of never-ending you know the implications can be massive they can be tiny um but yeah it's that's that's probably the saddest part about working in mental health is seeing what can happen before people sort of start accessing services yeah yeah of course Mm. and I know it's really interesting because sometimes we think of drug addicts and a lot of the time they're painted in this really bad picture and I think that people forget that there's generally a reason people Mm. don't just there's a reason behind what got them there Mm. substance abuse is is massive in I think the LGBTIQ plus community um and it's affected nearly everyone I know nearly everyone in my chosen family Mm. and and my actual uh, blood family um I myself, you know, lived with that, um, substance abuse issues, and I think it's just a really, it's a way of sort of hiding your feelings, it's a way of disappearing, it's that sort of withdrawing, um, and and not having to actually deal with the things that you have to deal with. And sometimes it actually just lets you have a bit of fun, um, mm. and that's, that's one of those things, I think, when you're in those dark holes, people tend to use it because it makes you feel like you might be having a bit of fun for a change. Um, but then there's that whole come down and the depression, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. Mm. Yeah, um, it definitely is something that affects a lot of people. I know it was actually quite nice to hear from mum that she was happy when I came out because I had a real issue with alcohol and stuff but once I came out I didn't feel the need to go out and get plastered so a lot of people are quite shocked I guess when they see me because I'm not like how I used to be where I would end up vomiting in the toilets and like all that not so great stuff yeah (laughs) um but that's obviously not the same for everyone because sometimes once they do come out they've still got all these anxieties they've still got issues that lead them to yeah there's so many so many layers to kind of work through you know and and coming out is such a different process for everyone um that yeah you might you might come out and go oh this is great and family accepts me and friends accept me but not everyone has that um that experience uh so yeah the substance abuse can keep going and sometimes you know that we talk about internalized homophobia and transphobia and that sort of thing and if you're experiencing that um pretty hardcore then you might continue to use drugs and alcohol um and you know there's lots of forms of self-harm um there's other things as well um but yeah it's it's definitely things that we can work on and and I think we as a community need to be open to those discussions and how we can help each other out. Yeah, of course. Mm. I guess now's a good time to take a quick break. So we're going to play for you Not Worth Hiding by Alex the Astronaut. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that song? Because that was your pick. (laughs) I'll tell you, the first time I heard this song, um, I was in my car and I think I was driving uh, to a to a shift or something and I bawled my eyes out um it's just a beautiful song 
kind of about coming out and um, and acceptance and that sort of thing. It's a little bit dark, but it's also a little bit happy and it sounds happy and it just spoke to everything and I think it's spoken to so many of my friends, so enjoy it. You're listening to From Paddocks to Pride on OCRFM with myself, Sarah, and guest presenter this week, Amiel, for the topic of mental health. And we're talking a little bit about so some of the issues that we have in the community um, that are due to mental health and I think it's really important we should actually talk about your work with Wellways. So what does Wellways actually do? What sort of organisation are they? Yeah, sure. So um, Wellways Australia is a not-for-profit mental health and disability uh, support organisation. Um, we well, pretty much we provide mental health, disability and community support. Um, we reach heaps of people all over Australia, um, providing support in Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales, the ACT and Tassie. I hope I got all that right. Um, This is the part that makes me all love Dove and Brown Ricey. We're actually a grassroots organisation that started in 1978 um, by families who just wanted uh, better services um, and resources and support support for um, people who experience life with mental health conditions um, and their carers and their families and the community as a whole. Um, Wellways is committed to, to ad- advocacy um, and advocacy is at the heart of all the work we do. Um, and all Wellways services uh, focus on community inclusion um, and this is another love-dovey thing for me. Um, so it's, it's about committing ourselves to ensuring everyone has opportunities to fully participate in community um, and that's including the LGBTIQ community without these stigmas and without discrimination um, you know and everything else that can come with being LGBTIQ or having a mental health condition so that's that's pretty much who we are. Yeah I think it's fantastic that there's so much that they aren't actually a LGBTIQ plus program but they do have a lot of support programs out there so it's great that it's something that is they've got so many inclusive programs but they obviously weren't started up as lgbtiq plus focused so it is something that they've gone okay well we need a need sorry there's a need for programs for that community and they've started yeah, most definitely. Um, I think, you know, Wellways sort of prides itself on recruiting and hiring um, with diversity in mind. So once you get, you know, a diverse range of employees, then we all bring um, our own sort of concerns and knowledge to the organisation. Um, and that really highlights, you know, where we could do better. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of that part of Wellways. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that that would also help with those specific programs as well Mm. to be able to give that understanding. Yeah, definitely. Um, We work um, from sort of a lived experience basis. So if we're going to have people working with LGBTIQ identifying people, we want those workers to actually identify as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we've talked a lot about these programs but we haven't actually said what these programs are so do you want us perhaps a program that I've heard about um do you want to talk a little bit about stepping out yeah sure um so stepping out um I have to do a little plug for the give where you live uh 
grant foundation um, so uh, without them we wouldn't have actually been able to run this program um, or the upcoming one which I'll talk about in a minute um, but yeah so the stepping out the stepping out project um, is basically a project that aims to link community volunteers um, who identify as LGBTIQ um, with people 18 and over who also identify as LGBTIQ um, mostly for people who experience social isolation, um, but yeah, thinking about um, mental health and disabilities as well. Um, and basically it's just about um, connecting two people um, who, uh, you know, the participant might want to access the community um, and however that is for them, if it's a cup of tea at a local coffee shop, if it's accessing um, a local queer-friendly bar, um, it might just be going to a movie or maybe someone wants assistance with uh, transition and accessing hormones, um, so they might want someone to sort of help advocate for them during medical appointments and that sort of thing it can literally be anything um yeah and that's for the geelong and g21 region um so we'll be rolling it around uh, everywhere in the g21 region um yeah i know that you've mentioned g21 region a lot what's area is that actually defined as do you know um i can't tell you exactly all the towns i should know better i but so i've done a little google because that always helps um so it actually includes the shires of colac otway golden plains greater geelong queenscliff and surf coast oh sorry areas because queenscliff isn't actually a shire Thanks. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> so what other programs are there? Yeah, sure. Um, so we also run, um, I guess straight after that, I'll talk about the Out Together project. Um, that was a pilot program that, that we um, did. It, it's basically a project that aims to meet the needs of NDIS participants um, who identify as LGBTIQ by providing them with access to LGBTIQ peer support workers. So it's basically um, a very similar thing to the Stepping Out project, um, but it's using that funding from NDIS. Um, and it's again working on all sorts of things that an individual or a participant might want to work on. It is massive, the range of work that we can do in that space. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's putting people who both identify together uh, so that, you know, everyone can basically just be more comfortable, a uh, bit more relaxed with uh, conversations around gender and sexuality and just being really, really, you know, I think sometimes if you can let go your worries about your identity, then you can work on the other stuff. You know, you want to get a license, you want to go back to school. If you've just sort of, if you're able to sort of relax with your gender and identity um, then then we can move on to working on the other things in your life that you want to work on um, and that that's sort of for all of our projects um, and we also have a social group where ways has something called out social this is only Geelong specific but anyone's welcome to come if you wanted to travel um, it's facilitated again by LGBTIQ identifying people for LGBTIQ identifying people um, and people with or without NDIS funding are, are welcome to attend. Uh, and basically we go and just do cool, fun stuff in the community. We have a laugh, um, we access venues, we play pool, we go bowling, uh, we have 
cake, we go do ice cream. Most recently, we went and played with circus toys down the bay in the sunshine. That was absolutely amazing. Um, and then we've got a program uh, that we call My Recovery. So My Recovery is a 10-session um, peer education program. Uh, it's been developed for and by people with lived experience um, of mental health issues. Um, I always sort of say that this program is about educating yourself on and, and, and sort of designing your own tools to maintain your mental health. Um, it's a great program and I hear great results, um, really good feedback. And again, it's peer-led, so the facilitators have experience um, and we're actually running what uh, we want to run and we're sort of looking for people who want to be involved um, and LGBTIQ, My Recovery, so um, obviously again led and uh, run, uh, facilitated uh, by peer workers who are identifying. Yeah. So, sorry, you said that you're after people. Is that correct? So, where do you go if you are interested? Yeah. If you if you're interested in any of these um, projects or programs, um, get in contact with us. Uh, you can jump on the Wellways website, which is just wellways.org. Um, uh, we've also got a main line sort of for the Barwon G twenty one area. That's zero three. Um, and we also actually have a helpline um, uh, that does mental health information support and referral advice um, that's 1300 111500 um, yeah and basically if you want any info any of those lines will sort of help you get there that's fantastic. So, sorry, do you want to talk as well about Well Proud? Well oh, Proud? Yes. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that one. Um, and I'm well proud of it too. Um, basically, Wellways has sort of an internal but semi-external, uh, I guess, like a social community group. Um, yep, named Well Proud. Um, it's for people who identify, but it's also for allies as well. And it's for workers and participants. Um, so it's beautifully transparent, um, all about queer stuff, all the goodness. Um, and it's for uh, workers and participants from all over Australia. Um, yeah, so uh, that's actually who um, we often get marching in parades. So we're going to be at uh, Midsummer this year, uh, sorry, next year, um, and we'll also be at the Geelong Rainbow Festival as well. Fantastic. So we've talked a lot about Geelong and the programs. Uh, these programs are also run through other Wellways offices? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so the LGBTIQ My Recovery is, it's not run everywhere. You'd probably have to um, ask your local Wellways. Um, and the thing with that program is it's not always run. If we get enough people, um, we will definitely run it. So if you're interested and you've got a group of people, please hit up Wellways because we always want to run these programs. Um, the Out Together project, so the NDIS peer support, that again isn't sort of everywhere but it's in a lot of places so I guess I'll have to say most of them get in contact with your local wellways and see what's happening um, but out social the social group is just Geelong based um, and again stepping out is that G21 that we know all about now. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the thing is that if you contact your local wellways they might 
what if they've got enough interest it's something that that obviously look into yeah yeah, yeah. Um, if it's not already established exactly hit well ways up i think that's one of the things that we're all about is hearing the needs yeah. um, of the community and seeing what we can do to sort of make changes yeah definitely because yeah. that's how the i know kaz mentioned last week how that program actually started for the youth of colac and surrounds was actually because students actually came forward and said well this is what we want um can it happen and then they've helped facilitate it which is really fantastic so if you're wanting to start that thing it's definitely good to get in contact yeah for sure it takes a community to create change yeah definitely Mm. so we've talked a lot about how these programs a lot of them are facilitated by people that are from the community do you want to talk a little bit about why peer supported programs are so important why they work yeah sure i I think i mentioned a, a little bit before about um, how Wellways sort of hires on uh, lived experience. We want people to be able to identify somewhere, somehow with mental illness and or disability. Um, and again, in this space with actually identifying as LGBTIQ. Um, I think peer work works because there is just such a greater understanding if you've lived a similar situation, um, a similar life, you know, whatever it might be. When you can actually connect with someone and you can say, yeah, I actually really know what you mean. Or, or I've had a similar experience, you know, mine wasn't the same as yours, but this is how it worked for me. Um, and you can share tips and tricks um, and you can really listen because you're genuinely interested. You know, I think peer support... Um, is the way that mental health should be um, moving forward. You know, it doesn't work for everyone and not everyone wants to use peer support. So we've got to remember that too. But I think it's it's imperative um, that we use lived experience. Yeah, Yeah, of course. So do you want to talk a little bit about perhaps, do you have like a favourite story or something where you found that you're just like, I've really made a great impact or like a project that you're really proud of that you really want to boast about. <laughs> um, this this is always tricky for me because I sometimes cry. <laughs> um, I feel incredibly privileged um, to do the work that I do. And, f- you know, when people feel comfortable enough to share things with me um, and share their stories and share their worries. Um, I just feel so privileged um, that they feel like they can do that and that I'm able to support in some kind of way. Um, So I I can't say that there's one sort of specific uh, event or whatever, um, but I have often been told that um, from people sort of being able to assert their gender, for example, um, and maybe working through hormone replacement or something like that, that it's changed their life, um, that they have a life to live for now, um, that they've never been this happy. You know, I've had numerous people say they've never met a trans person before in their life because they may have um, been quite socially isolated due to, um, you know, conditions. Um, So there's just been a lot of, like, thank yous and life changings and life savings, you know, people saying that, you know, maybe you've assisted save their life is just absolutely mind-blowing and and an absolute privilege um and I just really want to say too that 
the way that Wellways recruits um, and actually seeks out LGBTIQ identifying people for certain roles means that, you know, these, these workers are able to be proud. We're able to excel in our positions because we don't have to worry about our identity. We just got to worry about our work. Um, because we know that we're accepted in the workplace. And this also extends out to working with non-identifying participants, say within um, NDIS work, um, where people, even though they might not identify themselves, they can see that you might have lived a bit of a life, you know, on the outer, you know, as as a, someone who might not be accepted and maybe they're connecting that with their mental health condition or whatever it might be, and and really sort of see that... You know, you're really different, but you're really not that different. Um, so people are able to use their identity as a real strength um, in this space. And I'm really proud of that. And I absolutely love what I, I get to do. And I love what we all get to do, actually. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. So do you want to, I know we've mentioned it already, but do you want to talk about like what steps, sorry, to try and reiterate and bring it back what steps to take when seeking help yeah look I I always kind of say first point of call um, speak to your GP Um, obviously that's not going to be okay for everyone maybe your GP is not that cool with gender and sexuality diversities Um, try and find one that is there'll be one somewhere you know Um, if that fails, maybe get to any mental health service, you know, maybe a wellways nearby or any mental health service. Um, usually mental health services have a no closed door policy or an open door policy where uh, we can refer people onto any relevant services. You know, we might have might not have something for you, but we know who might have something for you. Um, make sure you use phone services, you know, like Switchboard and Lifeline um, and the Wellways Helpline even because um, we can help refer. Um, talk to friends and community members. Uh, and, you know, there's usually people in the LGBTIQ community who have some understanding and, and they want to help and they want to help refer you to, to get the assistance you need or the support you need. Yeah, of course. I think that's an important thing to reiterate as well is that if you don't feel comfortable going into a place that yes you can ring places like lifeline switchboard q life there are services that are accessible that have web chats or have um numbers where you can call yeah definitely access those i think people sort of tend to forget they exist and i did when i was younger and sort of going through um, my stuff I sort of forgot they existed and um, it's just great that we've got so many available these days and LGBTIQ specific you know that's so important yeah yeah definitely so I think it'd be good as well because I know you do a lot for the community not just in your um, role in Wellways. do you want to talk a little bit about your involvement with Geelong Rainbow Inc yeah sure um, so I am currently the Vice President of Geelong Rainbow Inc. We've got two co-presidents. We've got Joe and Wayne. Um, I guess I've been there since the start. Geelong Rainbow was established about 2017 um, just by a group of motivated volunteers. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it's now run by us. Um, Basically, Geelong Rainbow, we sort of aim to create awareness, facilitate support and enable connection 
through providing um, referrals to organisations um, and resources and by holding queer events in the Geelong area, um, sort of really bringing people together to create vi visibility, um, reduce that stigma and social isolation and just have a good bit of queer fun, you know. Um, and I have to do a little plug. We've got our third annual uh, Geelong Rainbow Festival coming up in 2020. Um, it's from the 7th to the 9th of February. It's probably going to be longer than that, actually. Um, but, yeah, we host a bunch of events. Uh, it's going to be bigger and better than even last year. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I know that there's been other events throughout the year, like you do the Freedom 19 events and that sort of thing as well I yeah. uh, it's definitely something that I keep your ear out because we will be getting an interview um, in the lead up to the Rainbow Festival because that's really something that I would like to put on air yeah. and try and promote because I think that that would be great and also for listeners it would give you a chance to actually meet myself or Jared so yeah for sure yeah put a face to the name <laughs> and the voice yeah and, and we'll have by then we'll have a good um run of you know we'll have all the events in place and we'll really be able to run through what what we're actually doing yeah it's fantastic yeah. so do you also want to maybe perhaps talk a little bit about how Geelong Rainbow Inc so bringing it back into mental health how it's important for the community yeah sure um I think uh I think, you know, put put the piano bar, actually, the piano bar and Geelong Rainbow Inc. together, um, you know, quite a few years ago when they both sort of started, I think it, it was creating that visibility um, that, that's really made a big change. But I think um, it's shown Geelong people that we can be out and proud um, and that we can be ourselves in the community. Obviously, not everyone always feels safe, but it's it's that visibility that reduces that stigma, um, reduces that um, discrimination. Um, you know, after one of our festivals, we had a young person tell us that um, they now feel like they have something to live for and that the community might actually feel like a safe space for them to be in. So I think it's just all about that visibility and, again, sort of just normalising LGBTIQ identities. So when, when people are seeing this sort of thing happen in the community, it's like, oh, it's it's normal, you know? It's not it's not this scary unknown. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm just smiling here because I'm like, <laughs> when you said piano bar, because piano bar is actually in Colac as well. And the last time I went there, I um, they had the piano man, they had um, Joss on the piano, and I requested a lot of queer songs. <laughs> I think he might have been sick of me by the end, just like, oh, another queer one. I also threw some in there from friends because they were able to give some um, other suggestions. I reckon he would have known them all. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the first time. <laughs> but it was a it's was a really great night. So I do like going there. It is a lot of fun. Even there's especially in Colac because there's not such a um, big, I guess, community yeah. that most of it it's straight people, but I think that that's really good because they can understand a little bit of I guess LGBTIQ plus culture because mm. they do have the drag queens down there so mm. I think that that's good. yeah and I think that was you know the starting point for Geelong you know that a lot of sort of bars and venues had tried to do things but this was the first sort of long-staying um, bar that sort of 
you know, it embraced the queer culture and I think it's really sort of people go there that wouldn't normally be involved in the queer culture and they sort of walk out going, wow, that was that was amazing. I had a ball, you know, and, and maybe meeting a few queer people while they're in there or LGBTIQ identifying people and possibly changing some perspectives. So thanks, Piano Bar. Yeah, I think that is really important because mm-hmm. sometimes people have these preconceived ideas and then once they start to meet some people in the community, they're like, oh, they're just people. That's it. <laughs> We're normal people. Yeah. So I think we'll break for a song now. So we're just going to play a song called Secrets by Mary Lambert. So you may have recognised her voice from Macklemore's song Same Love. So she actually, in reference to this song, she said in an interview, I think we, when you tell your secrets, it gets rid of a lot of stigmas that they may have. So this song touches on things like bipolar and her body image issues. Her herself actually identifies as lesbian. So this song is very relevant. So I hope you all enjoy. You're listening to From Paddocks to Pride on OCR FM with myself Sarah and guest presenter this week Amiel for the topic of mental health. So we're at the end where we talk about events in our community. So obviously we had the carnival yesterday for Frolic Festival which was fantastic and we've still got more events for Frolic Festival this week. So head on to their website and check it out there's also something exciting happening on the this saturday so dykes on bikes is having their ride to malmesbury which i will hopefully go along to which is fantastic and after that is gay stuff goes west so that's actually like a little crafts market in footscray hopefully i can get along to that too but i might be spraying myself too thin (laughs) we'll see how we go um in the break we actually talked a little bit about an upcoming exciting project that Wellways is doing do you want to tell us a little bit about it before you go yeah sure um so again thanks to the give where you live foundation um we've uh, successfully got another grant uh some money to run a project we're calling the pride shed so it's going to run a little bit like a men's shed um but obviously for lgbtiq identifying people um there's a few venues in town we're not quite sure which one we're going to use yet but it is geelong specific um hopefully it's going to be well we've got an established workshop um, but I really want to make sure we've got one with the kitchen as well Um, it's basically uh, sort of the aim is to skill share so um, we know sometimes um, especially trans and gender diverse people and and others in the queer community are socialized with skills that they may no longer identify with or um, don't really want to be honest Um, so it's all about that skill sharing Um, I know you can't see me but I definitely just look a bit like a bloke Um, uh, but I'm really good at hair and makeup Um, because you know I spent most of my life female sort of presenting Um, but I don't want that skill Um, but I can share that skill with someone who might be able to say teach me how to change the oil in my van Um, So it's all about that skill sharing. We'll have facilitators in sort of teaching things here and there um, and, you know, having cups of tea and just chilling out and and just really providing a safe space um, where mental health 
is not something to be shy about or ashamed about. Um, a safe space to be queer, to be LGBTIQ, and to talk about mental mental illness. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and for the show and talking so much about all these issues and the services out there. That's really great. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much and thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. So I guess it's time for me to say what's next week. So next week we'll just be playing a gay list again. <laughs> um, so we're actually on break now for a couple of weeks while we recollect ourselves. So we've actually changed things around and we're actually, our next series will be movie reviews with myself and Jared. Um, We're pushing back our relationship series until next year because we're still trying to get presenters for each topic. So that will that's definitely still on the cards. We've just got to make sure that we've got presenters for each topic. As always, we're going to leave you with Kesha. This is me and we'll Hope you enjoy. Enjoy. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station.